Hello, and welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, where we lift up people leaders so they can lift up their organizations. I'm your host, Tom Finn, co-founder and CEO of LegUp. Together, we'll learn how to drive people innovation, how to transform HR into people ops, and how to secure buy-in to disrupt the status quo. And as I like to say, it's finally time to stop smoking on airplanes and update your people strategy. Let's transform your organization and move from a culture of talent management to talent empowerment. This week's episode of the Talent Empowerment Podcast is brought to you by LegUp's Talent Insurance, an inclusive people development platform designed to help HR leaders empower their people through one-on-one professional coaching. With results like a 66% improvement in avoiding burnout, a 54% jump in leadership skills, and a 73% increase in job satisfaction, LegUp guarantees improved employee well-being, productivity, and retention. In fact, they ensure it. Your people stay or they pay. Visit LegUp, that's L-E-G-G-U-P dot com to learn more. And without further ado, this is Talent Empowerment. Welcome to the Talent Empowerment Podcast, ladies and gents, where we lift up people leaders so you can lift up your organizations. I am your host, Tom Finn, and today I have Kelvin Thomas in the room with me. Kelvin, welcome to the show. Awesome. Glad to be here, Tom. Thank you. And hello, everyone. Well, if you don't know Kelvin, uh, today he is the Director of Coaching Experience at LegUp. He is also an ICF certified professional coach himself, Um, but he's had an interesting journey leading him into the coaching world, which is one reason we invited him onto the show today. In his past lives, Kelvin was the VP of Business Development and Ops at Pillar Center for Transformation and Work within the Pillar College. He was the head of retail marketing and in-store presentation for a small little company called Under Armour and the brand director for another small little organization, the Body Shop International. Kelvin, we are so glad to have you on the show. Uh, I have worked with you for a little over a year and uh, have nothing but respect and admiration. So if you're listening out there, you're going to figure out pretty quickly that Kelvin and I know each other um, from working together for the past year or so. Now, Kelvin, you've created measurable impact for employers. You've created measurable impact for LegUp and our organization. But introduce yourself to everybody. How, How did this all get started for you? Yeah, thank you for asking. You know, it's it's interesting and totally appreciate what you just shared. You know, I think when I look back on my career, I can see um, the impact that I made, but at the time, maybe not so much. So I started my career with a uh, organization that's no longer around, but Kids Are Us. I was working in, um, I had actually, and I'll give you the, the story, you tell me if you want me to cut, <laughs> but I was working um, I went off to school. I wasn't doing great at college. And my father pretty much charged me like, you need to come home because you're doing nothing there. So I, I came back home and I knew I needed to do something and I needed to work. So I started in the store um, working at Kids R Us. Um, I had some really great managers who invested in me in six months into working at Kids R Us. I was promoted into a, um, into a leadership training program to be an assistant manager. And when I was promoted into that position, I'd started down that journey of being trained to be a leader. And um, while I was in the store, 
I really just felt like I really want to be in the corporate office. I feel like that's the space that I would thrive yeah. in. And uh, so I told my store manager and at the time, unfortunately, they laughed at me and told me um, that was a nice vision. But they, la they laughed at you because you wanted to go from an in-store role to being in a corporate office. Absolutely. Tell me wow. that. Don't worry about that. That won't happen for you. And it was wild. Three months later, the director of marketing at the time um, for Kids R Us called the store and specifically asked for me, told me that he had a temporary position in his department and if I would be interested in filling the temporary role. And so I came up, filled the temporary role, and um, and that started my corporate career. He made a permanent role for me, and I was with Kids R Us for um, Kids R Us, Babies R Us, and Toys R Us. Um, I've gone through several downsizings and mergers of those three brands, and I was with them for seven years before I moved on to um, to White House Black Market, which is a, a division of Chico's brand, and I worked with them all to expand, you know, expand my understanding of the work that I was doing. Um, I really believe in understanding the customer, so I wanted to understand the customer um, even more, so I worked for that brand. And then I moved on from White House Black Market after about three or so years there um, to take on a role with the Body Shop International as a brand director where overseeing marketing, um, graphic design, you name it, I pretty much oversaw it, uh, except for product. And uh, it was a great experience because it took me from just kind of understanding this U.S. consumer to taking a more international position that um, I was actually responsible for Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. And I actually worked with the team in London and did some work uh, with the team in Singapore as well um, before then moving on from there to work for, as you said, the um, for Under Armour. Um, yeah. which, you know, that small little brand there. And I did uh, work in just building, you know, building a marketing department, building the in-store presentation department. And, um, and it was really there that, and I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but there that I knew that um, there was something else for me to do. There was, there was somewhere else that I needed to go that, um, that nece wasn't necessarily retail, wasn't in that space anymore. And, yeah. um, and that kind of what's brought me into uh, coaching. Well, well, let's pause there for a second because, I, you know, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, my goodness, somebody laughed at you because you wanted to expand your horizons, grow your career, uh, really move in the right direction for yourself and, quite frankly, the organization. And you had people laughing at you. Is, what was that like um, when in the moment? And then how does that feel today when you look back on it? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, you know, in the moment, it's uh, demoralizing, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's how I felt. You know, when you think about managers and leaders, you look up to them. And so you're looking for them to inspire you, for them to say, absolutely, you know, the sky's the limit. And right. this was at the time a store manager that I reported to um, her and an, another assistant manager literally laughed at me. And wow. um and I just think about my journey as I worked for that organization, which was a great organization. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I faced a lot of challenges there where, um, you know, I trained individuals. I was there for seven years. I trained individuals that um, were promoted over me. Um, and um, it took years before I finally got to a place. And it was 
it was a vice president who was a friend of mine's who one day I'm complaining to her about, you know, how I'm working and I'm training individuals and they're promoting these individuals over me. They continue to overlook me. And um, I'm looking for her to console me in this great way. Maybe, you know, Kelvin, let's go out, have some coffee, it's okay. And she sat me down and said, Kelvin, I just wanna let you know, you do know you're responsible for your career. Wow, what a line. You're responsible for your own career. She's 100% right, by the way. Uh, she nailed it. How did, how did that sit? Oh my gosh, Tom, I, <laughs> I don't think I spoke to her for a couple of weeks. I mean, I was so angry. I couldn't believe that she said it to me. However, when it actually landed, when, when that awareness hit, it was like exactly what you said. Wow, you are so correct. I am responsible for my career. And once, once I actually took hold of my career, um, it's been an amazing ride. Like, it's been an amazing wow. ride. Yeah. Yeah, I think the takeaway for people leaders here, though, is don't laugh at anybody uh, along, along the journey um, when they have dreams and aspirations. Whether you're managing a team in a retail environment or you're in a, in a very serious uh, corporate environment, um, we all have dreams and aspirations. My goodness. Uh, that's what this country and this world is, is based on, is people growing themselves and uh, trying to do more, uh, certainly um, uh, for all of us. And so, you know, my take is, gosh, that I'm sorry that that happened to you. I, I'm genuinely sorry because I think that's, um, you know, misplaced uh, behavior in, in the workplace uh, for sure. But it sounds like you took lemons, you made some lemonade, uh, and then... <laughs> And then, and then somebody helped you really understand that you're in charge of, of your career. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, again, in the moment, didn't feel great. But once I understood that, it changed everything. You know, it, I showed up differently at work. Um, you know, I took responsibility. And the other thing is that, you know, of those individuals that were around me that were mentors to me, um, it made me really say, okay, yeah, they're, they're investing a lot in me and I want to, I want to show them, yeah, I'm going to keep pushing like that investment. You're going to get a return on your investment. Um, and, and so I think that just, that was a huge change in my life and even in my career. Wow. So then you move on, uh, you, you go to other retail based organizations. Did you have a different experience, uh, at Under Armour? Were, were you in bigger roles? How did that feel, you know, years later? Absolutely. I think one of the things that, um, you know, stood out to me, you know, just as I reflect on this, one is that, you know, I really had people to invest in me along my journey. Um, and whether it was from the HR department or it was other managers or directors, you know, in other departments, you know, they saw, okay, this, you know, this guy's serious. You know, he wants to grow his talent. He wants to grow himself. And so, you know, I always, you know, as a coach, I'm always thinking about, you know, how are we investing in other people? Because it really does mean a lot. You know, my background and just even getting to that place, I didn't, you know, starting my journey. I mean, now I'm, I mean, a doc, you know, doctoral program, but starting my journey, I didn't have my college degree. Um, and, you know, yet someone said, you know, I'm not going to limit him based on, um, you know, based on these things that I think he needs, 
I'm really looking at his talent and what he brings to the table. And I think that I, I started to see that when I moved to White House, just White House Black Market, just the support that I had there. Um, and then that kind of followed me throughout my career. Yeah, I mean, the message there is don't box people in based on their background, right? Or their, or their resume uh, that's, that's pas- you know, partially baked. Um, you got to give people a chance based on who they are, right? And their skill sets and um, what they can bring to the table for the organization, which is so critically uh, important. So you're going, you're going through your career. Um, you're sort of moving, you're moving up the ladder. And you've mentioned this a couple times. You said, oh, I'm a coach, I'm a coach, I'm a coach. What, what in the world uh, does that mean? Um, what is a coach? What does that look and feel like? Yeah. So, you know, um, the way that I like to explain what I do um, for people is I am, I'm really a partner. I'm a thought partner. Um, I, another way I like to say it, I'm a champion. I'm, I'm someone who walks with an individual along their journey, whether it's a professional development journey, whether it's the life journey, and helping them to really unlock their full potential. And, you know, it's interesting that when I was working for Under Armour, I think it was about 2012, I had been doing a lot of work in developing teams, all of the, in all of the roles that I was in, and I had people that reported to me. You know, I developed my teams, and I believed in that because someone believed in me. And it was probably in 2012 that I came across this whole idea around coaching. And as I was talking to a friend, I'm like, "That's exactly me. Like, this is what I do. This is what I'm passionate about." And um, and I in my head I made that decision. You know I'm going to I'm going to follow this because it's really pulling you know pulling me. And uh, and so in 2013 I made the decision to to enroll um, in a program, really great program, to become a certified coach, ICF certified coach, and um, and it allowed me to do exactly what had been done for me. Um, pouring into individuals that have talent, have unique backgrounds, um, or they may have great backgrounds, but they're somewhere in their life, they're stuck. And, um, and they want to grow within their organization, uh, within their life. And it allows, and I'm, you know, I become that partner to help them unlock that. Well, you know, I think the question I would ask is, uh, is this useful for HR and people leaders? Do HR people and leaders of people, do they need a coach or are they just fine on their own? Oh, that's another great question. Um, I think, you know, and I I don't want to sound coy here, I think everyone needs a coach. Everyone needs a coach. Um, You know, we as individuals and as humans, I mean, we have blind spots. Um, That is just part of who we are. That's that's how we are, are made. Um, and so, you know, a coach helps you to see what those blind spots are, helps you to be able to see what your roadblocks are. That's those things that are getting in the way of your success. You know, emotional intelligence. I'm, I've been reading this book um, for, for some of the classes that I'm in uh, today. And this emotional intelligence, it talks about the fact that we have a pattern. And um, as much as we may want to get outside of that pattern, Unless we have a thought partner, unless we have someone to help us to see the things that we do and how we show up and then evaluate and learn from that pattern that we keep repeating, that we'll never get out of that. And so that's not just for you know employees, 
That's, you know, or for, for the coordinator, that's for everyone within the organization. We all have those patterns and a coach helps you to kind of unlock that. Is, is the term coach a little burnt uh, from the market? I mean, I feel like everybody's a coach, right? Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a coach that puts in garage doors. I'm a coach for LinkedIn marketing. I'm a coach for podcast hosts. I'm a coach for, uh, you know, cutting your grass. And I feel like everywhere I turn, everybody wants to tell me they're a coach and then somehow invoice me for that, right? So I think there's always an economic uh, push behind it. How do, we, how do we get away from this idea of everybody's a coach, you can just slap coach on the back of your name or on the front of your business, and all of a sudden you have something to sell? Right, yeah, that's a great question. You know, and it's, it's challenging because the market right now, there is such a demand for coaches. There's such a demand for the work that we do within organizations. We, we're, you know, we're still getting through COVID, right? So we're not completely through that. And people are looking, employers and employees and individuals are looking for support. They need the support. Um, what, and, and I understand, so people want to help and so they will attach coach <laughs> to their name. Um, and I know some may not agree with this, but I truly believe what the ICF has done, and that's the International Coaching Federation, what they have done is they've helped to stabilize this market and to set standards in place that really says, you know, there is a process in which we take, in which we approach um, helping individuals, right? So we're not therapists, so we don't want to go down that road and we're not sports coaches. Um, you know, very different from family and friends that just kind of give you advice um, based yep. on really what they want you to do. Yeah, my family and friends has usually had a few glasses of wine before they like to give me advice, right? Which is which makes it all that better, right? I mean, it's just more important when you've had a glass of red wine. Totally, totally. Or when they or when they give you feedback on something, which I always find uh, amusing. I listen to sometimes when my family gives me feedback. It's like. Guys, it's very one-sided. I'm not sure if you see this or not, or if if you even notice this. Um, somehow, it always ends in a positive for me, where um, I'm like, it's good, but sometimes you need someone, you know, that critical thinking to help you think yeah. through some of those things. Yeah. So let's unpack that a little bit. So the ICF, for those that don't know, International Coaching Federation, as Kelvin mentioned, is an organization really designed to set standards in the coaching space. And it is for personal and professional coaching uh, to improve the lives of others. Um, and there are real standards, real tests, real continuing education, and it's a real thing uh, in the marketplace. It's it's certainly something that as an organization, Leg Up has relied on um, to make sure that the quality of the people that we engage with is, uh, is at a very high quality. Um, you know, just like an accountant or an attorney um, in that space as a professional, uh, there are very professional coaches uh, that take their careers incredibly seriously and uh, uh, you do a great job. Um, so now I can step off my soapbox uh, now that I've uh, public service announcement, everybody. Um, <laughs> let me step off my soapbox. So let's let, let's go back to, to sort of your early career. We, we talked about don't box people in. Um, really, you know, your past resume shouldn't prescribe your next role. Uh, so you and I met a little over a year ago and you were working at a university 
at the time. <laughs> Absolutely, which is interesting in itself. It's so interesting in that my entire career has been in retail and some level, you know, retail marketing, branding, those things. And here I am at a university. My, you know, life journey takes me there. I'm at a university where, um, you know, and I had I held several roles. I was head of marketing. I was the executive vice president of that university, literally overseeing all staff, the entire team there. And then um, before transitioning into to leg up, um, I was the vice president of business development and operations for the organization. Wow. And so there's nothing, what's interesting, there's nothing in my past that would suggest that I would be there, nothing. Um, and which I also kind of, it, for me, it's like, you know, we have to release these limiting beliefs of what someone can bring um, to us and the value that they can add. And I think, you know, that move for me into the university was all about that. It was about releasing for myself limiting beliefs, you know, how I maybe couldn't show up there um, or what I possibly couldn't do there, but then also for the members of, and staff there to, you know, not limit me um, based on my background. Yeah, look, everybody has a story and a journey. I think, I think what we're saying, if you're managing people, if you're hiring people, you really should look for incredible character in the person and some track record of success, but look for the person that is going to fit well in your team, that is going to fit well uh, at that point in time in your organization, and that's going to get along really well with their coworkers. And then the other, the other comment I would make is you look for a GSD profile. And if you don't know what that is, uh, earmuffs if you're uh, under 18, a GSD profile is get shit done. Uh, it just means that you come to work with some energy and some fire and you are looking forward uh, to being there and getting things done. And so that's what I look for, the GSD profile uh, with a lot of kindness sprinkled in and a, and, and a lot of talent as well um, along the way. So I think that's the, the takeaway, really, really, Kelvin. So... So tell me about Leg Up. You run the uh, global network of coaches uh, for Leg Up. How, how does that work? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. I was thinking about this prior to us getting on the line is how my entire background totally fits in this role that I'm in, right? So my marketing, business development, um, operations role, all of those things, it's a perfect package in the work that I do today. And so in overseeing this, you know, global network of coaches, it's really to build out, you know, I, I build out a team of coaches to support our enterprises and our enterprises and, and the members um, that enroll in our programs. And what's important is to ensure that we have coaches on the network that um, not only our ICF, I think that's, you know, a lot of times I don't want to make that the only standard, that is one of the standards. Um, you know, I think someone who has a professional uh, background that can relate to individuals where they are, they have their own story of triumph, right? Um, they understand or they're in that process of understanding themselves because that's the first thing you have to understand yourself 
to be able to help and to understand others. And so our coaches are constantly trained. We do a monthly webinar um, teaching them all types of skills to be able to really help our members and, and those enterprises unlock potential. And, you know, I think you know, that word and even that phrase, unlock potential, we hear it so much, um, but that's exactly what it is. It's everyone has more that they can bring to the table. Um, there's more that they can do and not so much from a work, you know, more work that they can do, but yes, they can be more productive, um, but they can really help to add to the growth and the development of the organization, but they have to be unlocked. There's, there's spaces and places uh, within us that um, hold us back from bringing all of ourselves to to the table. What, what do you say to HR leaders that respond and think that's hokey, right? I mean, there's there's got to be a portion of people out there, I can tell you, I've talked to them, uh, that think, well, coaching, do I really want to help my people? Is this a real serious science? Is it going to, is it really going to develop anybody? Uh, what do you say to those folks? Well, that makes me nervous because I hope that you're not the leader of people um, because to question if an investment in someone's development is going to yield results or if that's going to help. And especially from the coaching perspective, which I think there's enough statistics and enough information out there. Um, and if you have any questions, just go visit the link up site um, and you can see for yourself that it's, it makes measurable differences. There, you, you can literally measure the difference um, for an individual when they start a coaching from when they start a pro coaching program to the end of their coaching program, and you can see how that needle is being moved. Um, so, yeah, I would I would ask you to reconsider um, one, in all kindness, in all fairness, one the role that you're in, because <laughs> maybe that's not the right role. That's right. Yeah, if you're thinking that that you don't want to help your people. Maybe, maybe you are in the wrong job in a nice way that we don't want to take jobs that, that aren't good for us either, right? We want to be in roles that lift our, our, us up and, and our organizations. Um, and if people are feeling that way, there's probably a different job within the organization that, that would be better for them. Yeah. You know, Tom, what's interesting and, you know, sometimes when we're speaking to HR leaders, we, we come across this. You know, I think any most people, I would say majority of the people that move into these HR positions, they actually they have a great concern for people and they want to see them grow and they want to see them develop. However, once they get into the role, they're so bogged down with compliance and yeah. making sure that I've crossed all, you know, crossed all the T's and I dotted all the I's and that, you know, that the company isn't at risk <laughs> to a lawsuit that we sometimes put the people part of it, the human part of it um, last. Uh, or sometimes we forget completely about it. And I, you know, a lot of times when we're talking to HR leaders and they hear what coaching can do and they see how we partner, they're excited because they realize, yeah, this is, this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, and I've just been so focused on something else and not that that something else isn't important, um, but it's taken my eye off the ball of developing people and, and seeing people grow. Yeah, I agree. I, th I think the, compliance piece has been a heavy burden on HR leaders for a couple of decades and it continues to be a weight uh, for these individuals and quite frankly I think that belongs uh, in, in with the legal team and I think legal teams should be handling compliance 
and you can beef up uh, your associate level of a legal team without it costing you much more. And you give people development and people operations to uh, these wonderful people leaders that uh, that are really thinking outside the box. And quite frankly, it's really about innovation today in how we treat people and how we how we empower uh, organizations and employees versus point the finger and tell them what the what to do. Well, I would I would go as far as to say I think that that those days are over. You know, if we didn't, if we're not, you know, reading the tea leaves, if you will, um, from what has happened through this experience with COVID and the number of employees that are leaving, you know, leaving companies that have been there for years or the companies that can't find talent and they can't bring people in. And part of it is because people want to know that you're investing in them. People want people want to be where they I, I always say this. I say I've said this for years where they are seen and they are heard. And if they know that their organization sees them and if they know that their organization hears them and that's not just you see me, I'm walking down the hallway and you say hi, which is nice, but that's not being seen or, you know, that you hear me because, you know, one day in some, you know, talent hall meeting that, you know, I raised my hand and gave feedback. Oh, okay, you know, I'm hearing you. No, but you're you're seeing me as a person. You're seeing the value that I add and we're creating a partnership to say, you know what, I want to invest in that. I really see you. I see where you want to go. I see what you, where you want to develop or who you want to develop into. And yeah, I want to be a part of that. I think it's yeah. what's key is this whole idea. And another thing I've always talked about is, you know, when I join an organization, including leg up, when I join, for me, it's, it's about a partnership. It wasn't, oh, this is, you know, this is my employer because we're doing two things. The employer is bringing their resources, right, to pay you and an opportunity for you to um, use your gifts and talent and skill. And at the same time, the employee is bringing their gifts, their talents and their skills. Yeah. So that's yeah. a partnership. <laughs> we are. It's a partnership. I always say the same thing. It's a two way street, right? And I always tell this to people going into interviews, whether you're going in for an HR promotion or a different role at a different company or whatever it might be uh, in, in terms of an interview. I always tell people, look, there's no reason to be nervous. What you're looking for is fit. You're looking for that organization to provide you with the things that you need at that point in your life. And they might be different from decade to decade. You might need different things in your life. Um, and it's got to be a two-way street. So don't be nervous because you you should be interviewing the employer as much as the employer is interviewing you. And I think some people tend to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm on the spot and I'm being interviewed. And then we get the nerves and the anxiousness and the anxiety, which really, if you if you just turn the cup a little bit and look at it a little bit differently, I think you're you're very much in the driver's seat as an employee. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I think about my transition, my interview process, even with leg up, you know, I connected with you. Great conversation. Then I connected, um, you know, at that time with your senior vice president. Great conversation. And then we spoke again. It was like, OK, who do you want to talk to? I'm like, OK, well, <laughs> I'd like to talk to a few more people. And we put that list together. And those conversations were they were so fulfilling. First, it was so telling of the type of organization I was stepping into because nothing was off limits. 
I could have spoken to anyone. And I spoke to a lot of individuals within the organization. And a lot of it was just to get a feel for, yeah, what do you like about this, this place that you work? And what motivates you? And why do you keep coming back? And you know, listen, I know a lot of the technical things of, you know, what the sales team needs to do and the marketing team and the tech team. However, it was it was more than that. I wanted to know what was happening for the people within the organization. And when I saw, no, there's a true investment and there's a true concern for them. It's like, yeah, this is this is what I want to be a part of, because I know what I'm bringing to the table. Right. Just like I think for HR leaders. I think that's one thing that um, that's important. You know, like you also want to know that the individual that you're interviewing, they do have a realization of what they're bringing to the table, um, yeah. you know, because that's what's going to make the difference. Well, it's cultural, right? It's, it's all about culture within an organization and, and within a team. And I've been in bad organizational cultures and wonderful team cultures. Uh, inside that organization. And I've been in the opposite too. I've been in massive companies that have incredible culture. I just happened to be on a team that had maybe not the best leader on it. And, uh, or, or quite frankly, maybe the leader just kept changing. Right. Uh, And the organization had a great culture, but I just was in a spot where I had new boss after new boss, after new boss, after new boss. And I know there are some people out there that can uh, resemble that, uh, that remark for sure. Um, but culture, I think, is the most important part of this discussion, right? And, and it's really about setting the right culture, hiring the right people, and during the onboarding and interview process, open up the kimono. Let's find out what's really going on there. Um, because I always tell people, look, I don't want you to be here if you don't want to be here. Uh, this, this is intended to be a good fit. So uh, I want you to see everything, the good, um, the not so good, the incredible, the, the difficult, days, right? Because there's all of that in every company uh, and make sure that it's the right fit and the right time for that person. Yeah, I, 100%. I couldn't concur um, more with what you're sharing. I think, you know, what's interesting as well, and I, I think about this, the demands for an employer and especially I think because it really starts to sit within that HR department, right? The demands that they have today is probably greater than they've had in the past. I mean, that is just a reality. I I mean, I think everyone knows this. Um, And so I don't, I always take the approach that it is impossible to meet that demand by yourself, right? Everybody needs a partner. Everyone needs a partner. Every, you know, I think our, as humans, we develop, um, you know, we become our best selves in partnerships. Right. Whether that's friendships, whether that's in family units, whether that's, you know, working for someone, however that is, we become our best selves in partnerships because it allows us to see ourselves. It allows us to see where we may need to improve or what we may need to develop. And I think, you know, for HR leaders, you know, my hat goes off to them. I understand that they are probably stretched thin, um, definitely stressed with all of the demands of bringing a new workforce in, figuring out, you know, how do you do remote and, you know, working from home and all of those things. Um, and, you know, organizations, you know, and, and I don't want to seem like I'm trying to plug this, but I, I know what coaching can do. And so finding an organization that can support you, like I think we do here at Leg Up, I think it's extremely important. Um, and more and more organizations are starting to see that. And so I, I want to encourage 
you know, and get off my soapbox, but encourage, you know, our HR leaders, you know, that, yeah, you're not in it by yourself. And if you think not, you are, no. you're, you're not. Well, there are resources now for organizations. I think, I think the first sort of, um, you know, hair on the back of our neck that goes up when we hear this conversation, if we're in HR is, okay, what about the cost though? Because I've got a limited budget. Um, I've got to answer to the CFO. Uh, I've got to manage my resources appropriately. I've got to be a good steward of my company's money. And all of those things are correct. So is it cost prohibitive? I think that one of the things, and this is what you know, I love about the work that we do, is that it's easy to make coaching because we know the results that come from coaching. It's easy to make coaching an executive-only benefit where you're yeah. paying thousands and thousands of dollars for one person <laughs> to go through coaching, where I think what we've tried to do here at Leg Up is to say, you know what, really coaching should be accessible to everyone within the organization. And so you, you know, I think what you and Victor have done very well, you've designed a business model that allows anyone to play at almost any level, which is unheard of. I, I'm gonna tell you, you know, Prior to coming to Leg Up, I own my own business and I did coaching and I know how much <laughs> I charge for coaching. So, because um, I know the results that it yields. And so, you know, to say, okay, now this is accessible to almost anyone within, you know, the organization, I think that it's, it's massive. And so it's, it, I would say, no, it's not cost prohibitive. I think there is enough options that um, that an HR leader or an organization can work through um, with us to, to find the right mix for them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's lots of options, lots of pricing options. In a way, if you're willing to put in a, a few conversations to actually come up with a strategic plan uh, that doesn't have to be a short-term plan that can start today and be impactful for the next decade. Uh, and that's the way we look at strategic planning is how do we set it up for today, but really start to dig in in year two and year three and year four and change the culture uh, in a really positive uh, way in the future. So Kelvin, we, we have talked today about measurable impact um, and the work that you've done, your sort of origin story. Um, couple of takeaways that I have that I just want to get your thoughts on. So first one, I think I heard you say at some point, let's not box people in based on their background. Thoughts on that? <laughs> yes. Thoughts on that. So, you know, I think when you think about um, how someone ultimately gets to you, to your organization, and when you're looking at things like resume and, you know, do they have, you know, college education and, you know, have they you know, worked here, here and there. I think those things can be extremely limiting. Um, you know, if you are a developer of people, I think part of what you should be looking for, as, as you talked about, Tom, you're looking for fit. You know, do does this individual fit within our culture? Is this individual hungry to um, to develop and to grow? And, you know, I think grit is important. We don't talk about yep. that, but grit is important. Oh, yeah. You know, so um, and you're looking clearly talent is important. You're, you're hiring people to do a job. So I'm not taking that away. But um, I think we need to expand that a little bit more. You know, I think early in my career, um, you know, I I didn't want to think this. But in hindsight, looking back at it, I can see that, you know, 
I think, you know, race played a part in some of mm. the promotions that I didn't get um, and some of the areas that I wasn't brought in. And I also realized that in almost almost all of the organizations that I was in, that within the level that I was on, I was the only African-American. Right. Wow. So I also understand that 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 pool is also very small as well. Well, I think race is a big topic uh, and backgrounds and um, all of the different socioeconomic groups uh, play a role. And um, it's going to happen in organizations. I just hope that we're turning the corner uh, where it plays less of a role. And uh, and we're starting to see uh, equal footing for everybody. Uh, no matter what your affinity group is, uh, that we're all on the same playing field, going for the same jobs and being judged based on our talent, our ability to communicate, our grit, as you said, our GSD profile. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, all of the good things about uh, human behavior and some of those um, dated legacy components are, are starting to drift away. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Calvin, what's one thing that you have done uh, to invest in yourself in the last year that you feel feel really good about that you would like to share with, with our audience? With our audience. Um, so one thing that I've done to invest in myself, well, um, one, you know, I believe all coaches, and I say this to our coach, uh, coach community, all coaches need a coach. There's no question about it. Um, if you're coaching other people and you're not being coached yourself, um, you are, you're, you're limiting yourself and I don't think you're showing up authentically for, um, for the people that you support. And then another thing, um, because I do believe in learning and I'm a lifelong learner, um, I recently started a, um, a doctoral program. And so, um, so that is, that has been just amazing experience because it's in the area of coaching um, and the work that I do. And so really expanding not only my understanding, um, but really understanding um, just additional things that, you know, what makes us as humans tick and uh, in really how to unlock um, even greater potential within individuals. So that's kind of where I've been investing uh, my time and, and, and my mind. <laughs> Kelvin, I love it. Uh, and if, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and and uh, have a chat with you or or uh, just connect with you. What's the best platform to do that on? Uh, you can do that on LinkedIn. Uh, you can also reach out to me at kelvin.thomas at legup.com. Okay, terrific. And we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, for those that are driving, we don't want you to pull over and try to type that into your phone. Um, we will put that in the show notes for everybody. Uh, Kelvin, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. This has been a terrific discussion. I really feel like we got under the hood in, in some areas of coaching, but really around measuring impact, treating people the right way, you know, growing teams. So this was a really uh, lovely discussion and, and really appreciate having you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, hello, hello again, everyone. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you walked away with something that's going to help you and your team. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you all for joining the Talent Empowerment Podcast. I hope this conversation lifted you up so you can lift up your teams and organizations. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Talent Empowerment. For more information on our show and today's guests, head to the show notes or visit talentempowerment.com. 
And as always, don't forget to subscribe wherever you're listening so you never miss an opportunity to empower yourself and your people. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps the show grow. And a final thank you to our sponsor, LegUp, and their people development program, Talent Insurance. To learn more about how they guarantee retention, employee well-being, and employee performance through one-on-one professional coaching, visit legup.com. That's L-E-G-G-U-P dot com.